Well, thank God for his grace and mercy. Today I'm going to conclude this two-part series on house rules. Next week is a full weekend of worship and exalting the Lord together as Pastor John and the whole team um, are going to be up here Saturday night, 6 o'clock, and uh, Sunday morning, both services. It's going to be a great weekend. The following two weeks, I um, felt like the Lord really laid this on my heart, is to take this house rules and move it to another topic or another title, abusing house rules. Abusing house rules. Um, there are some of you that went through a lot when you were growing up because your family didn't have biblical house rules. And so chaos reigned, uh, confusion reigned, insecurity, lack of love, even abuse reigned. And some of you went through that and your stories are heartbreaking. We want you to pray about whether God would have you be involved in those two services by video testimony. And here's what we'd like for you to do. We'd like for you to email the church at info at faithassembly.org. Info at faithassembly.org. And just give us a synopsis of your testimony, of what you went through. Maybe it happened after you were married. Maybe you suffered abuse um, in a relationship and marriage. So we want to address those issues because if we don't obey the house rules that God has laid out for us, there are serious consequences to bear. And so we see that all around us in lives of people we love. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's talk about house rules. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace and mercy upon all of our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we would have homes that reflect Christ-likeness. We would have homes filled with God's love, God's forgiveness, God's grace. Lord, bless each person listening to this message today. God, bless their lives. Minister to and through them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Some have asked about uh, the storm. We're not, we're believing it's going north and, and uh, cutting back into the sea. But um, right now, some have asked about shelter. Our uh, church will be a shelter of last resort. We're making that decision, I think, first thing in the morning. So stay tuned. It'll be on the uh, website if you need further information. Well, let's go to house rules and talk about some things that God would instruct us in and help us in because that's God's intent. He gives us direction through his word, and if we will apply it to our lives, we are going to benefit greatly from it. Well, number one, house rule, first and foremost, submit to God. Submit to God. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I want to speak to especially to every mom and dad here uh, this morning and those online and those at the other campuses to submit your life to God. 
Make sure that he is Lord of your life, all right? There have been people that have uh, made a commitment to Christ, but they weren't uh, committed to the point where they made him the Lord of their life in total surrender to his lordship. You know, the Lord doesn't force us to submit. Uh, we volunteer, uh, volunteer to submit, and so God help us to do exactly that because when we submit, we have the power and the confidence to resist the enemy, and he has no choice. The Bible says he will flee. Say it with me. He will flee. He will flee. The enemy cannot stay in your home if you're submitted to God. You resist him. He doesn't have a choice. He has to flee. A dear woman uh, was recently talking to me and told me around the altar, she said, my daughter uh, is dealing with demon spirits. And, and I just told her, you have got to go into that room, anoint it, rebuke the enemy, take authority over it. You and I have authority over all the power of the enemy. So God help us to use it. But we have the uh, power and the confidence when we submit to God, he will flee. He has no choice. And so maybe you're a, a believer and your husband or wife is not, and uh, they're bringing things in that are of uh, demonic influence. You take authority over it in Jesus' name. I'm not saying to you women to go up to your husband and say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Uh, I don't recommend that. Go to the bedroom, close the door, and I rebuke you. We're not, we don't fight against our husband. We're fighting against the enemy who wants his heart and mind and soul. So we submit to God, make him the Lord of our lives. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We submit to God in every area. As believers, before we buy something, we pray about it. Before we get married, we pray about it. How many of you prayed about it before you got married? Anybody here? How many of you did not pray about it? Yeah, a few of you. All right, so anyway, God help you. All right. When I, before I got married, uh, I met Alice. Uh, uh, she was, uh, I was just overwhelmed. And, uh, and so I, and it had been a long time since I had gone out. And so I asked her out and I took her to a really nice restaurant. Her former boyfriends were all cheap. They took her to cheap places, hamburger joints. Uh, I took her to a really nice place. I took her home probably earlier than she's ever been home from a date somewhere around the grand old hour of nine o'clock, and uh, I went straight to the church, fell on my knees at the altar, and I prayed, God, help my emotions not to get ahead of your will. I wanted the will of God done in my life more than I wanted to get married. And so I, uh, I then did ask her to marry me, but I didn't stop praying all the way up to the week of the wedding. I am still praying, literally. The closer it got, the scarier I got, all right? I'm missing the will of God. And I was praying, God, if you show me, if, if something happens, let me know this is not the right thing. I, Lord, will cancel it. 
I know I will have to leave town and pack up in the middle of the night and get out of town. Her family would have been after me. They had spent money. All right, so anyway, but I wanted to make sure I was submitted to God and I, he, I had his approval before I did it. So when in doubt, uh, I mean pray, all right? Your blessing, your blessings increase as your obedience increases. Your blessings increase as your obedience increases. In other words, as the more you submit to God's will, the greater the blessings that come your way. Number two rule in the house, let the words of your mouth be a fountain of blessing. Let the words of your mouth be a fountain of blessing. The Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of the mouth. In other words, our words have the ability to create life in spiritual situations and otherwise, and it has the power to create death. And so you and I, need to make sure that the words coming out of our mouth are words of life and not of death. Say amen, everybody. And especially in the home. I mean, everywhere, but we've got to start in the home. Speak words of life, not of death. Speak words of life. Some of you were raised in horrible homes. You had no model to duplicate but by the grace of God, you know the Lord. Let the fruit of the Spirit operate in your life. Yeah, go to marriage classes, parenting classes. Sign up for the parenting seminar this Friday night. Learn all you can learn and let Christ shine through your life. Amen? Now, some people, they, they say things that hurt, and then they come back with, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Can't you take a joke? Listen. There is power in those words. Don't be that kind of person. Don't say things that then you're going to have to try to take back. Once it leaves your mouth, you cannot take it back. All you can do is ask forgiveness, and you certainly should, but you can't take it back. In the home, we should be saying things like, I love you. I love you. Uh, Years ago, I had a group of men I met with, and I, one day we were talking about this, and I said, how many of you, like myself, never hardly heard the word from your father, I love you? And around the room we went, and just about every man there said, no, sorry, I didn't hear it either. I'm like, dear Lord. I just felt like overwhelmed at the thought of, of these men, most of them businessmen, that did not hear it growing up. Well, I've determined one thing years ago. Just because my dad didn't do it, he didn't know any better. I did know better, and I was going to tell my kids, I was going to tell my wife. This week, my son had a birthday. I called him, and I told him, son, I love you. I text him and tell him I love you. He's in his 30s, but I still want to tell him, and the same with the daughters and the grandchildren. I want them to know. Listen, parents, if you don't tell them, let me tell you what the devil's going to tell them, that you don't love them. And if you think that he won't, you've got to be kidding yourself. He will tell them that you don't really love them. And then he will give you them examples of why you don't love them. So tell them, tell them, tell them. Tell them things like, I'm proud of you. 
You know, they came home with a C. They said, I tried. I'm proud of you. Well, I'm going to help you. We'll stay up. We'll work on this together. Uh, we're going to raise that. So, son, daughter, I'm proud of you. But, but we're, don't worry about it. We're going to do better. And so be proud of them. Tell them. Several years ago, a couple were here talking to me about something. They were moving away. And they walked out the door, and I said, guys, I want you to know I am so proud of you. And one of them was just overwhelmed because they were like, nobody has ever said that to me before. And I'm like, dear God, have mercy. Uh, you and I need to speak words uh, of uplifting life into other people. Things like, I'm proud of you. I love you. Uh, you can do anything with God's help. Words are powerful. Well, uh, I thought of this uh, movie recently. Um, it was called The Help. Saw it several years ago, Alice and I. And, and uh, one of the things that one of the ladies, the main character, one of uh, did in this movie was reinforce this concept in just such a remarkable way. Let's go to it. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is it's smart. smart. You, you is kind. kind. You, you is important. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> You is kind, you is smart, you is important. In that last scene, I think she was leaving that little girl, but those words and that woman had a tremendous impact on that girl's life for the rest of her life. And uh, you is kind, you is smart, you is important. Turn to, well, don't turn to your neighbor, but if you feel like it, go ahead. You is smart, you is kind, you are, you is important. Thank God, every one of us. Uh, and after you saw that movie, you just, you found yourself just saying it over and over again. All right, this is a, a challenge for us as parents because too often well, there's a tendency to focus on the negative but God help us to forgive, to work on that, and move forward uh, with uh, a different family than what maybe we even grew up with. This is a verse in Ephesians chapter four that really is a great family scripture. In verse 32 it says, and be kind. One of the fruit of the spirit, be kind to one another, tenderhearted toward one another in the family. If you're a brother and sister here this morning, be tenderhearted to your sister, to your brother, forgiving one another. See there, that's a amen from God. All right, so forgiving one another. Rain's a sign of a blessing. I hope you brought your umbrella. All right, so forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Folks, um, you know, I didn't hear that word or those words very often growing up. I absolutely don't even remember my dad saying that, son, forgive me. But I chose by the grace of God on my own life to say to my kids growing up when I made a mistake, when I blew it, son, daughter, forgive me. And I find it easy today 
to ask people to forgive me. And listen, if I've offended you, I'll be out over here after service. You can line up. I'll ask you, all right? Uh, uh, I'm gonna make it right. I don't want somebody, I don't want there to be a, a rift between me and anybody. So be tenderhearted, be kind, forgiving one another in the family. I read something on Facebook recently. Uh, I thought it went along with this. It says, don't yell at your kids before they go to bed and expect them to sleep well. Don't yell at your kids in the morning right after they wake up before school and expect them to have a good day. Well, let me just say, don't yell at the kids at all, all right? So just don't yell at them, period. Let's raise kids that are not going to have to go to therapy when they become adults to deal with life. Let me go to the last thing, guys, the last paragraph. Speak life, speak love, speak bravery and kindness and hope. Speak wisdom and truth. But most of all, listen to your children. Be their safety net. Be their home. Listen to their, your children. When I read that, it, uh, it's really a challenge. We think we listen to them, but how do you get to know people at work or other places that, that you don't know? You listen to them. You ask them questions. Maybe as parents, maybe we need to listen to our children, giving them the opportunity, listen to them and ask them questions. Maybe that would help us. Maybe we think we know them and maybe we're gonna discover that we might not know them as well as we think we do, but be open to them, be receptive. Don't challenge everything they say when you do listen. Well, today I know this is a mixed crowd. And I know that there are parents here with small children. I know there are parents here with teenagers. I know that there are single mom and dads. And I want you to know we love you. We admire you. We think God, thank God for you. We want to help you. I know God is helping you. And then there are those that don't have children. Then there are those like Alice and I that are grandparents and got nine grandkids. Uh, so it's a, a different uh, bag here this morning of individuals, but every one of us, whether we have kids at home or not, can touch and influence positively children that are nieces, nephews, neighbors, kids with a kind word, a, a smile, an embrace, uh, doing something for them on special occasions, making a difference in their life. Hector, who along with Elwoods, they volunteer to walk around and make sure everything's okay. And uh, Hector told me recently he's going back to a school to help. He's working down there at a school down south. And he said, Pastor, he said, I get out there every morning greeting uh, the parents, the students, uh, and some of them are dressed in black and, and blacken their faces uh, with, uh, it's an art school, so they're gothic. And, and uh, then there are others, just a, a, a real um, challenging group of individuals, but he said, I'm smiling at all of them. I'm encouraging all of them. One young man was showing up late every day. He said, son, what, what's going on? He says, well, I have to get up early to drive my mother to work. 
And he said, son, you're going to go far in life. You're going to make it in life. And that boy just beamed a, a huge smile. And I walked away from that conversation thinking, he's got his own congregation down there. He's got kids that he's ministering to with a smile and a kind word and not being a typical, uh, not a typical, but an officer of the law that, that's uh, hard and indifferent. No, he's making a difference in kids' lives and all of us can make a difference in somebody's life. Say amen. And we should. Colossians chapter three, verse 18. Says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. I'm not going to comment on that. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. I don't really know what Paul had in mind when he said, don't be bitter toward them. I don't know if it's because uh, he said that in case they didn't submit. I don't know. All right, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Then he says, all right, so let me just say this. Husbands, in these verses, you and I are commanded to do to follow three rules in the scripture. Number one, you gotta love your wife. All right, I didn't hear one amen. <laughs> It'd have been okay right there, guys. All right, uh, once more, L love your wife. Not somebody else's wife, love your wife. And uh, number two, don't be bitter toward them. All right, number three, don't provoke your children. All right, now let me tell you what provoke means. It means to badger, <laughs> to, uh, to make angry, to uh, irritate, infuriate. Uh, I like that word badger. Don't badger them. Don't hound them. Don't just go on and on and on and on. No, be gentle with them. Correct them wisely in gentleness, but just don't keep on, you know, whatever, 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 whatever to where they're like, give me a break. I want to leave home. No, we don't badger them. No, so that they are discouraged. We don't do that. Children, you've only got one rule here. Obey. Period. End of discussion. Number three, wives, you only got one. Men have three, you know. All right, so wives, you only got one. Submit. But you don't have to submit. I'm just telling you. And the men don't have to not provoke. We are a free agent. God asked us to do this. Why? Because God will, like we submit to him. He's not going to force us. But if we lovingly submit then there are blessings as a result. And so when we lovingly submit in a home, but the, the dad, the husband, is not going to lord it over her. If a dad is wise, he will consult her on everything. He will talk about everything. He will be kind. And even if his final decision is uh, not and what she feels like in men, you have to be really careful here because women can really be sensitive in areas that we're not. So you've got to have her input. But when you make a final decision, then she's going to say, all right, even if it's wrong, God's going to turn it around. I know I'm going to uh, trust God in this situation. All right, let me give you another verse, set of verses. Ephesians 6, 1 and 4. It says... Uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now it gives you another command. Honor your father and your mother. 
which is the first commandment with promise. And then it says, verse four, and you fathers, do not provoke your children. I mean, Paul's serious about this provoking stuff, all right? And he says, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Children, here are two rules in Ephesians. Obey and honor. What does honor mean? Respect and have great esteem, all right? And fathers, you got two rules. Do not provoke your children, all right? Don't badger them. Don't hound them. Number two, train them up in the admonition of the Lord. All right, so what does that look like? Training is to teach, to cause to grow as desired, and admonition is to warn them gently. Even when you have to warn them, dads, you warn them gently. And can I say this to any stepfather here? You stay on your knees, you pray a lot, because one of the toughest jobs that I see through life is being a stepfather or mother, but you can do it. You can be the best one ever. God can help you, and uh, you're gonna be a father to them even though you are not the birth father. You are going to be a loving, great influence in their life. All right, so dads, and look. See, in those verses, you, you ladies didn't even get anything, all right? I mean, it's like you just got off there, all right? Anyway. Let me just throw this out. Just in case, parents, your children are giving you a hard time. Just in case they're having a hard time honoring you and obeying them. Uh, the next time that happens, you pull them aside and say, hey guys, I found a scripture in the Bible. I, I felt like I should share it with you. And here it is. Uh, Proverbs 30, 17. The eye that makes fun or mocks a father and hates to obey a mother will have their eyes plucked out by a crow in the valley and eaten by vultures. Isn't that a great verse, kids? <laughs> and they look at you like, okay, you sure that's in the Bible? <laughs> well, yes it is. Kids, I'd recommend staying out of the valley. All right, so anyway, all right, the crows are in the valley, all right, so no, I'd recommend honoring and obeying your parents. Parents, maybe you need to make a plaque of it, put it on the wall in their bedroom, okay. All right, I, this service goes to 12.35, so uh, I feel like I wanna use it all this morning, so just hang here, all right? So anyway, it's raining outside, so you got time. Psalm 133, verse one. Behold, how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Verse three, for there the Lord commands a blessing, life forevermore. God commands a blessing on unity. Thank God. The enemy wants the opposite for your life. He wants disunity. And when he has disunity between the husband and the wife, then he can pluck off the kids more readily and easily. So parents, don't let him do it. Stay unified, stay in love, stay committed to that yourselves and that marriage and that family. Don't let anything by the grace of God come between you. Now, some things that can bring, I'm just saying can bring, disunity emotionally, verbally in the home is harsh words. 
Don't have harsh words in the home. Uh, just don't do it. Uh, we talked about yelling earlier. I grew up in a home that did not yell. Thank God. Uh, and so I didn't yell. Uh, and can I tell this, Alice? You don't mind, do you? All right, so thank you. All right, and so I'll move over here. All right, so uh, when we first got married, a uh, couple years into it, she raised in a, was raised in a home where mom yelled a little bit and um, sometimes a lot. But anyway, so one day, I don't know what I did, probably nothing, but anyway, she came out of the room yelling at me and I stood there in shock. My mother never yelled at me. And I said, Alice, you will never yell at me again. And she looked at me and said, well, I'll try, but I don't know if I can or something like that and, and walked away. Um, you say, Pastor, has she ever done it again? It's none of your business. Anyway, and so... Uh, <laughs> Let's just say it's been a long, long time. All right, so I can't even remember. Thank God forever. I don't like anybody yelling at me. All right, so you parents that are yellers because you were raised in a yelling home and you just followed suit with your life and marriage. Listen, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. I know there's going to be times you're going to have little fights. I understand that. We even did, yes. Well, you know, and so... I'm just telling, don't do it in front of your kids. You want to fight with one another, go to the bedroom, close the door. You can fight whispering, you did not do that. <laughs> you don't have to raise your voice to fight. Fight it out whispering, all right? So for heaven's sakes, harsh words, no words. Talk to each other. Computers, when a kid gets on a computer, they're on games and you never see or hear from them again. And all of a sudden, they're graduating leaving home. Or dad can get on the computer. Somebody's on the computer. Or there is something today that is really, really, really uh, pulling people apart and uh, causing a, a separation emotionally or can, emotionally and verbally. Uh, some of you have seen it before, but let's go to the video. Social media is great. It connects you to the world and the people you love. You can chat with your family or share a meal with friends and watch cute little cats do unbelievable things. Look, she sticks her head out of the box. Look, she sticks her head out of the box. But there are times when social media can get in the way of the real world. Remember that? It's the thing that happens when you run out of battery. That's why we've developed the Social Media Guard. It takes the social out of media and puts it back into your life. Let's see how it works.
social media guard. All right. Right out Get there, the cones, now. you can pick yours up. Right out there. All right, so, no, I'm kidding. And also, my wife reminded me, I, I've got TV down here too, which can be a hindrance also. Let me go to rule number three. Stay with us, we're getting there. All right, number rule three, die to self. Die to self, all right? And the Bible says in James 3, 16, for where envy and selfishness, self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Look at it. When there is self-seeking, confusion and every evil thing is there. So as far as self is concerned in our life, it needs to die. You need to die to self. So I just turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need to die. Then they can look back and say, you do too. And so, uh, yeah, every one of us, we need to die to self so that we can live to God. Amen? And so we die to self. Rule number four, parents make the kids feel secure. They need to feel secure in their own home. It needs to be a loving place where they come to as a refuge, not a battlefield. And so... What do we do? As a couple, you hug, you embrace, you kiss in front of the kids, uh, you, you love on each other. Don't get carried away, but just love on each other. And they're gonna probably go, yuck. But when they get to their bedroom, they're like, thank God, my home's okay. All right, so I think we're gonna make it over here. All right, rule number five. One of your most serious tasks is to see them know and follow Jesus Christ. There are a lot of things important, speaking the right words, uh, taking care of them, um, being a believer in front of them, and all kinds of things and rules and submitting to God. But as parents, or even as grandparents, or even as somebody that has influence in someone's life, nieces, nephews, whoever, neighbor, our goal is to win them to the Lord. When my I came home and our first daughter was two, almost three. I came home and Alice says, tell daddy what happened. And Danielle looked up and said, I got saved. And I'm like, it's about time, young lady, you needed. You'd gone through all your sins by that time of being nearly three years of age. And, but she was serious. She didn't want to wait till she was 12 or 16 or whatever. She didn't want to wait till she went to a youth camp or a fall renewal. No, she wanted her to get saved at three. She wanted her job to be easier, all right, from three years on. So God help us to make sure. You know, parents today are so safety conscious, and I appreciate that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being safety conscious. We we have children, all three of them do, did this. They, they buy these certain seats for a certain age of the child or certain weight. Uh, they put them in their car seat. They strap them in like an astronaut going to Mars. Uh, and they're, they're tight. Uh, and one time, a couple of times, I couldn't even get them buckled. I'm like, for heaven's sakes, this is crazy. But I obey. All right, they're in charge. And so you just buckle it somehow, or they're in there like a, a fighter pilot in a jet plane going 600 miles an hour. And uh, I, I appreciate that very much because I don't know, it just shows love and concern. Uh, when I was growing up, 
my dad and mom let me ride on the back of the pickup on the tailgate. I don't know. Maybe they didn't love me. Maybe they didn't care. I don't know. But they let you climb up on the railings on the pickup while they're driving 60 miles an hour down the road. The wind's blowing in our hair. We didn't even wear car seats or have car seats, front or back seat, all right? And uh, we'd climb up in the window in the back uh, of the car. I mean, I, don't, I think they love me. Uh, and so anyway... Uh, but more important than even their physical safety as much as that is important is their spiritual, eternal safety. That is most important of all. I want to tell you a story in closing. Um, parents and all of us who have influence on a child's life, all of us, let's pray over them. Pray over them. Parents, you don't start praying for your son or daughter's wife or husband when they're 18. You, you can start praying all their lives, all right? Uh, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. And then when you have grandkids, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. I prayed for all of mine this morning in prayer. I called their name in prayer. All nine of them. I think, is there nine? Yeah. All right, so. But let me close with this story. If you if you uh, can, just remain seated until we're c concluding in just a few moments. But I um, heard this story of a family, mom and dad and three kids, and they lived out somewhere in the Dakotas or somewhere like that. I'm not sure where the location was, but big, huge ranch far, far from town out in the middle of nowhere, and they loved it. The mom, the children, they went to church. They were believers. They loved God. They prayed. But dad, good man, loved his family, but didn't really believe in God, didn't pray. And so one day he's outside, and his 10-year-old son loved to roam the pastures, and all of a sudden he hears that scream that maybe some of you have heard before, that piercing scream that sets off an alarm inside of you as a parent. That this is no ordinary scream, but this is a scream of desperation or fear, of danger, and this dad hearing this scream coming from his son out in the pasture. The adrenaline propels him toward that son with all of his might running as fast as he can run to get there. And when he gets there, he finds his son having been bitten by a poisonous snake. And it's starting to affect him. And he picks up his son and starts running back toward his house thinking, there is no doctor anywhere near here. What am I going to do? And he's running with all of his might, and the little boy says, Dad, Dad, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me, Dad. Dad says, Son, I, I don't know how to pray. Dad, just pray for me. Just pray. Son, I, I, don't, I don't know how to pray. And as he's running back toward that house, 
The one thing his son wants at that moment is for his dad to pray for him because his son laying in his arms or lying in his arms knows that he's in pain and knows this is serious and he wants to hear his dad pray for him. He needs prayer. And all his dad can say, son, I don't know how. Don't wait for a crisis to learn how to pray. Pray. Don't wait for something to happen in your life or somebody's life you love. Learn how to pray now by submitting to his lordship with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength.